Hi, this is Rachel on Recovery. We're back with Holly, and she's going to tell the rest of her story. I look back on and just think, God, they would have been there for me 30 years ago if, if I'd mentioned it, you know, exactly how they are now. So, but it is what it is. So I can't go back. What has been the most helpful? Hmm. I've got to be honest. Um, my detective that I got to work with, who didn't baby me, didn't didn't um, feel sorry for me. She just wanted to help me get justice, um, and she did it in such a human way. You know, it wasn't robotic. It wasn't to the book, textbook. It wasn't, you know, um, she really made the difference between me hanging in and pursuing this predator. Um, and I think, you know, the way she dealt with my family too, we, we were all treated respectfully um we were all supported we were all very nurtured by her and um she just she was just a she's an amazing person and she is probably you know an unsung hero uh and i know a lot of people have different views on the police force and and detectives but she just really is you know if there was someone that was if she was the the rare rare one she's the black jelly bean in the jar you know she was the one that was just so solid so against the grain you know she she really went above and beyond her job and my counsel that I have now you know um Victim services here in Australia give you that um, wonderful support um, that you don't have to worry about financially. Um, and it took four counsellors that I went through um, before I found the right one. And I think that's really important that just because you're given a counsellor that's a specialist in that area doesn't mean it's going to be the perfect fit and a couple weren't. Um, you know, there were a couple I dealt with that thought that every time I got anxiety to just light a candle and when I questioned them about how would I do that when I have anxiety when I'm driving past the park where I was sexually abused, I can't just light a candle in a car. Um, there were others that just listened didn't really give me any guidance or direction. And then I found this phenomenal um, phenomenal psychologist who I've been working with for four years every week. And we don't really talk about sexual abuse. That's the beautiful thing about it. We talk about how can Holly accept things, how can, Holly, how can I change my mindset, you know, um, and I love it because there's a lot of accountability in the sessions. There's a lot of um, reflection on how can I handle things better? You know, how can I change my thought process without blaming, you know, or where am I put, placing the blame and the anger in my life? Am I directing it in the right areas? So um, she really kind of kicks my butt in a loving but nurturing way. So... She's been a phenomenal help for me and um, 
I've got to mention my family, you know, my my family and and even the runners that used to run in the group with me that um have backed me and uh, never doubted me and have just been there, you know, and my parents, um, I take my hat off to them because I can't imagine how devastating and, and heartbreaking it was for them to have to accept what happened to me as a child because uh, no parent should have to go through that, in my opinion. Um, or listen to what my predator did to me, you know, especially in court, you know. Um, so I've had some wonderful support through my family, friends and uh, the detective and my psychologist, so, yeah. Okay. Um, how did your community respond? Um... The funny thing is over here, you know, when you go through a sexual abuse court case, especially with uh, historical, which mine was, child, um, it's very hush-hush. So they tend to keep things under wraps a lot, especially through court. You know, we have a closed court as well through it all. So I guess it's been since I've decided to step up um, and I've created my Instagram page, which is historical whole, so historic whole, um, and, yeah, started sharing my journey. Um, even the athletes that we had to reach out to um, for evidence and things like that, it was very hush-hush, uh, tight-lipped, you know, um, as you'd want it for something as serious as that too, um, especially with worries with media and stuff like that. Um, but I guess once once communities, you know, especially in the running community too, started finding out, uh, I've had phenomenal support. Um, I've had a lot of um, past runners competitors I used to run against absolutely shocked um heartbroken um and their support I've, I've received so many wonderful messages and texts and social media messages and things like that um and it's interesting because a lot of people reach out with sympathy and empathy which is beautiful but um I don't want that <laughs> um I just want them to know uh, why I gave my running up, why I threw it away, because that's always been a very hard question to answer, especially to competitive runners that I, I used to compete against. And I'd always have an excuse, oh, no, just, I just, you know, it wasn't my thing or I want to try something, you know. It was my thing. It was my life. It was my passion. It was my first love, you know. So it's been nice now for them to know why why I threw my running away. Um, and it, it's also been sad because a lot of people that I trained with, especially a lot of the guys that were older, um, you know, they're devastated. They feel like they have let me down or that they didn't do enough or, 
you know, and a lot of them have said that there were signs and things, but they never saw um, the actual acts and things like that. So, and I didn't say anything. So, um, it's it's been quite sad to have them feel like they let me down when they didn't let me down. In fact, they actually kept me safe because when they were training and running with me, he couldn't touch me. So um, it's just been really nice to rekindle myself in a healthy way um, with running and, and, and people I loved in the running group and in the running world. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, was there any re-victimization or victim-blaming? Um, no, but it was interesting at court, um, on his side, on the predator's side, uh, the lies and the, um, stories that were made up about me that would fly around social media and certain people and it would get back to me and just the hurtful things that were said that, um, because certain people in the group, um, and not a lot, by the way. <laughs> I have majority on my side. Um, would make up stories and, you know, say hurtful things about me and my family and my life um, just because they believed my coach, you know, um, which all felt a shit, really, for them all when... Some of them were actually at court on his side testifying for him and then, you know, out come the tapes. Yeah. Oh, they didn't know they didn't know that came out. Um, they didn't but I didn't have to retaliate. You know, I had a great um, chat with my detective because one message got sent to quite a few um, members in my training squad and of course they were on my side and came back to me with these messages and we had a great chat and she just said, they're going to do that. Don't worry about it. Just move past it. And, and they were, they were trying to blame me and, and create um, hurtful, uh, dishonest rumours about me and my family to try and tear us down. But you get that, you expect that, you know, and again, I relate it back to my running days. You know, if, if you're the best on the track, you're going to have enemies that, want to do all they can to pin you down and, and make sure you don't win. So um, it gave my side more strength, to be honest. How did your family respond? Um, they were heartbroken. I mean, I, I, I can't say anything more than... It just broke them. I know there's something in my dad that just died. Uh, the look, you know, in his eyes is just his sadness. Um, and they feel very much to blame. Um, and, you know, one of the... They have been fantastic. They've been supportive. They have really listened to me. They've allowed me my space, but I remember a, a really um, great chat I had with my mum 
And my mum was so upset because she said, oh, you know, we've let you down and she was crying and um, she thought they were the worst people on the planet, you know, and as anyone knows, especially, you know, I had a father that was a singer. He would work nights and, you know, my mum didn't drive and she had uh, two younger siblings to look after as well. So my predator was the one that picked me up, dropped me off. He was always there. It was He was very manipulative, controlling and, uh, and an opportunist. You know, he picked me and um, it can happen to anyone. You know, there's there's... It doesn't discriminate, you know. He chose me. Um, but the conversation I had with my mum was when she was so upset about everything and she let me down and I I had to apologise to her and she couldn't understand why. And this is a great part of my path to healing. Um, I had to apologise because I was such a little ass. You know, when I was a teenager, when at the anger, um, even as an adult, you know, the tantrums, the the vile things I'd say to them, the nastiness, the anger, you know, um, because, you know, that's what we do. We, we throw it at people we love. The people that are around us, they cop the brunt of our anger and, and our pain, um, so I had to apologise to her and, and she said, well, we should be apologising for you. What on earth are you apologising for? And um, I was apologising for my behaviour despite what I've been through. Um, I have no right to take it out on, on good people, um, whether they're my family, whether they're friends, whether they're partners, whether they're a stranger. Um, and I needed to get that in check and I needed to apologise for that. So... Um, I, I don't think she still fully understands that, but, um, you know, just because I've been sexually abused as a child and, and I have been traumatized and I still live with trauma, you know, it's a battle every day. Um, but that doesn't give me the right to hurt anyone else. Um, just because I can't deal with an emotion or a trigger or a flashback, um, so I've had to work very hard on that and I think um, going back to the how do you start healing or where did that begin, that, that began also when I became accountable for how I was treating others in my life um, and I was treating them terribly, you know, and I can't take that back. Um, all I can do from this day on is... is better myself, make amends and, and work damn hard not to deliberately hurt someone just because I'm hurting. Fair enough. I think um, I know a lot of times as victims of sexual abuse or survivors, don't really like to use the word victim, um, we hurt our families and the people around us um, sometimes and we we do some pretty terrible things and uh, it's really difficult. Yeah. I've said some horrible things, Rachel, and um, it's almost like sometimes, you know, you can cop a punch, 
you know, because you get a bruise and the bruise goes away. But, oh, words are cutting, man. And some of the things I've said to my parents, um, you know, I forgive myself for saying those things because um, if I don't, I'm not going to be able to move on in a positive way. But, um, man, when you're going through the stuff that we've been through, it's like you have no filter. It's like you have no concept of control. Um, you don't understand it. You don't understand where this instant zero to one million anger can come from. You know, you're, so you, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting others around you that don't deserve it. But you, you're kind of, <laughs> you're kind of entitled, if that makes sense, because you 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 you're in this hell that you don't know how to get out of sometimes and. You're just lashing out. But for me in particular, and, and you know, when I talk about my journey, it's it's my journey and I'm not here to suggest it works for everyone. Um, but what has worked well for me is being sorry and, and being accountable for the things that I've said because um, they're not justified despite what I've been through. Um, they're not justified at all, you know. The only thing that I guess is justified is that I felt like a, a rat in a cage at times and I, I had no out and sometimes your out is is your words but then, you know, as you get older you realise those words really hurt and um, so, yeah, something I'm, I'm not overly proud of of um in my past um and he's just another sad reminder and a, a byproduct of what i've been through as a child what these animals these predators do um they hurt us and in you know in a really unfair way we hurt others you know when we don't mean to and i think that that hurts me the most about what I've done to um to good people around me is hurt them when I have no right to. Yeah. Um, have you ever read the book Allender, um, uh, Healing of the Wounded Heart or um, the Wounded Heart? No. I recommend no. that. I think, um, I think, well, they put it in three count. There's the good girl, the party girl, and the mean girl. And I always kind of fell in between the good girl and the party girl. Um, so, but, you know, and it shifts with time, I think. And sometimes you can be all three. Mm. Um, I personally, um, mean girl wasn't really my thing. But I can understand. I mean, it's it's one of the other um, the other ways of acting out. So, yeah, I went more the the more promiscuous route, so to speak. Yeah, and and you're so right when you say there's. I think you move through all three of them at at, at certain times, and you might lean more towards. And I think um, I was always the class clown. Because if I laughed and made everyone else laugh, they 
wouldn't see too deep into my scars and my wounds. Um, and I was always the good girl too because I was the champion runner and I wanted to be the best at everything, so I became this intense perfectionist. Um, but the mean girl, yeah, I mean, I was mean. I was mean to my parents, you know, um, and... Yeah, that, that's a big regret I have, but I have such a great relationship with them to this day that, um, you know, um, I'm also a parent myself, you know, and I haven't had any horrible moments with my beautiful son, which has been fantastic, but um, I know if he did do something uh, down the track to hurt me, um, and was sorry for it. I, I understand how my parents feel. So there's always room for forgiveness, um, especially with people that we love, you know. So, and that, that's been great to have that from my parents. But yeah, I was definitely a very mean girl to them. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> how has this impacted your career? Um,. I change a lot in terms of I get bored okay. easily. Um, I've always mourned my running career. You know, I was the runner. I was going to be the runner. Um, and then when that suddenly goes, you, you're faced with, oh, well, what else do I have to do? But I'm a perfectionist. So, you know, I've, um, I want to get things right. I want to be the best at them. And I'm, very a very keen learner so I'm constantly wanting to study new things and um, I'm very innovative um, but very analytical as well so there's that criminology mm. business marketing mind and then there's the creative side of you know um, makeup I've done interior design um, I've done acting I've done script writing um, I'm constantly on the go and busy and that's part of, you know, um, that's been a huge effect because I don't know when to stop. I don't know when to slow down sometimes. Um, some people see it as a, a positive. I'm starting to see it as a positive now, but I'm starting to focus a little bit more on things I really want to do because I enjoy them and love them rather than things just to keep me occupied and busy um, because I hate sleep. You know, sleep has always been a big problem for me and I've gotten a lot better over the last couple of years. But if I go to sleep, I start thinking of him or um, I'm afraid of the dark. So I like having lights and noise on in the house because um, it makes me feel like other people are around and if other people are around, um, he couldn't touch me. So it's it's funny, you know, the little things that, I do, but having said that too, because I like to keep busy and I am a workaholic, um, I constantly run on empty. But then, you know, I have this anxiety that um, is quite rare too because I'm, it got explained to me that I was in this percentage um, where I go the opposite instead of being taxing on my body, I, I get this 
energy that just keeps going and going and going. And I've been doing it for 30 plus years now. So <laughs> I'm only just learning to sort of slow it down a bit now. But, um, you know, learning to trust people a lot more again and enjoy my surroundings and enjoy myself, um, that's giving a bit me a bit more peace and relaxation I guess um but yeah it it's affected my career because um I mean I don't even have sick days at work we were only just discussing this the other day with my boss I've been at my current uh in my current role at the moment for two years and I haven't had a sick day (laughs) (laughs) so um, it makes me feel sick thinking if I was to miss a day of work. So um, I've got to find some balance, definitely find some balance with, you know, my work work and uh, life balance. But um, I also love work, you know. Uh, work has always been an escapism for me from from trauma from anything that's upsetting me in life or causing me stress it's like I have a new purpose something to focus on and and give everything to um because running you know running was like that for me as well too it was it was very um it was tough it was hard but that's what you have to go through if you want if you want to be a champion and I had that discipline dedication and I see a lot of those things come through in in my work ethic as well. So it can be a negative and but I'm you know I'm starting to see a lot of positives too. My my work ethic is great and I think Rach I'll always um I'll always be hired because I don't have sick days and I put 110% into my work. So I think it's affected my work in in a positive way because um I've, I have something to channel my energy and and um, okay. passion into. Um, how has this impacted your dating life? Oh, next question. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, it's impacted it. I look, looking at it honestly now and realistically, um, I'm a very loving partner. I'm a giver as well. I'm a bit of a people pleaser. Um, I'm so loyal, it's not funny, um, and I genuinely want to help, um, any partner that I've been in a relationship with, you know, whether it's financially, whether it's support or helping them achieve their goals and dreams. But I think how it's really affected relationships is that I have that, um, non-emotional switch. I can be quite cold. Um, I don't like touch. Um, I can be quite direct and cutting, um, always honest, you know, and that's one thing that I think a lot of my partners have actually liked about me, but, um, and I'm independent, you know, I'm fiercely independent. So it's that same old, um, story of you know I don't need you you know I I want to be needed I want to need my partner but I push them away because I've always lived with this well I got through 
what I went through by myself and I don't need anyone. Um, so I'm trying, trying to work on that at the moment and I am getting better but um, I think it's hard for partners because I think I make my partners feel inadequate at times if I'm honest. Um, there's nothing that I feel or I think they feel that they can do for me because it's like I've I've done it or I can do it or I don't need them to do it. So um, that's something I need to work on because, you know, we, we all like to be needed and and I like to provide and help and look after my partners, but as soon as they try to do that with me, um, the wall goes up and I don't need it and, yeah, so I, I think... Yeah, I, I've pushed a lot of partners away. Um, I've also, um, I know a lot of partners have had to deal with my nightmares. I have um, nightmares and I kick and I punch and thrash when I sleep and things like that, talk in my sleep. Um, and sometimes I, I'm not aware of it um, and I'll be told the next morning, you know, um, so there's that, and there, then there's just that, that coldness to me, you know, I'm, I'm the most loving, giving partner towards them, but as soon as they want to do something nice for me, it's, it's like, I, I don't know how to take it or accept it. Um, so I kind of live this separate life in a way, it's like I'm in a relationship, but I have this separate separate it's just holly and and holly doesn't need anyone so that needs to change um, not just for you me you should but look into um learning more about attachment styles i think that would be helpful um okay because it sounds like you're kind of a mix between anxious attachment and avoidant and you're probably a little bit of both yeah okay I will. I will definitely, being the um, the forever learner, jump jump into that and research. Yeah, it. <laughs> I'm a I'm an anxious attachment, and so I get it. Um, and I do sometimes do avoidant stuff. I definitely have an insecure attachment. Um, so mm. that's just kind of probably why I'm not married at, at 34. I'll be at 34 in two weeks. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm. I've never, and it's funny because it's. Um, I've I've been engaged, and you know, and um, and I have my son, obviously. Um, but his father and I separated separated when he was two. Um, and great relationship, you know, we've co-parented really well, but yeah, there's just this. Um. I've never found the right one, you know. Um, or I've felt trapped, um, and I don't like the thought that people might disappoint me, so I'd rather push that away, and if I get disappointed, it's on my own time, and it's me, basically, so, and I have myself to answer to, um, but you know, I could be in an absolutely wonderful relationship right now with with um, the love of my life. So we will see. We will see where that pans Fair out. Fair enough. <laughs> um, how has this affected you? 
Thanks, guys, for listening. Holly will be back next week at 10 a.m. to tell the rest of her story on Central Time Zone. If you have any questions, reach out to rachelonrecovery.com. Always follow us on your favorite podcast platform or on social media. And you can always subscribe to us on YouTube. Thanks. Thanks.